You're listening to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, the only leadership podcast run by undergraduate students dedicated to helping undergraduate students lead in diverse fields. From people in diplomacy to entertainment, from CEOs to student leaders, we feature people from all walks of life. It's all part of the mission. Here at the Messina Leadership Institute, we make leaders better. Hello and welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. My name is Kaida Jesus and today I'll be your host. Today I'm talking to Mackenzie Puckett, peer educator for Seton Hall's No More and Education, Training and Events Department intern for Alpha Omicron Pi. She also has volunteer experience with Assisted Humane Society, the Arthritis Foundation and the Epilepsy Foundation. Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks to my background research for the show, I found out that you do a lot of volunteer work, and I want to know why volunteering is so important to you. Yeah, so I got into volunteering at a very young age. Um, My mom put me in Girl Scouts when I was five years old, and I did it for 10 years after that. And despite what many people may think, it's not actually all about selling Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) We did a ton of volunteering. We made a lot of like clothing drives, toiletry drives, food can drives for homeless shelters as well as food banks. We also worked with a local women's shelter for like battered women and children and as well as even like retiring, like properly retiring American flags. So I was very exposed to volunteering at a young age, but also I identify as a Christian and as part of my own beliefs, I believe that we need to love each other the way Jesus loves us. And with that comes a lot of volunteering and just serving the community. So you were exposed to like a bunch of different causes at a young age. Can you tell me which of these causes stood out and why? When I was 14, 15, we were working with a local women's shelter. So this includes mostly women that had escaped like a domestic violence situation, often with their children, and they were Mm -hmm. staying here. They couldn't disclose their location. It was very like secretive just for like their own safety, but we did a lot of drives for them because often they had to leave their houses with no clothing, no food, nothing just to like escape the situation they were in. So we did a lot of drives for them and one Christmas, we like essentially like adopted one of the, it's called adopting, <laughs> one of the families at right. the shelter. And when we came to like give them all of their like donations, the mom came downstairs and just like broke down crying and thanking us. And I think that's really when I like learned how much volunteering impacts other people, even though you don't see it. We were just doing a lot of the outside stuff, like collecting stuff, like we weren't actually engaging directly with her until that moment. But just knowing all that outside work had such a huge impact on her, I think that was one of the most memorable experiences I had. I'm mostly curious because you talk a lot about the drives that you run. Can you talk about, I guess, any particular drive and what items get donated the most and what items need to get donated more? So funny enough, the items that need to be donated more are like things you wouldn't think about, like foil or plastic wrap or sandwich sacks because the shelters use those so often, like in the kitchen when they're cooking and that stuff runs out so quickly because oftentimes people donated tons of clothes or like body wash, toothpaste, deodorant, which all of that is great and it's much needed. But like, it's just those like little things that you use on a day-to-day basis that you don't even realize people need until, oh my gosh, we don't need any more of that. We need more of this. So that's probably what kind of needs to be donated more, especially to like shelters in particular. Right. Obviously, you're a big volunteer. You've been volunteering for most of your life. What is a trait that you think most successful volunteers have? 
the best volunteer and honestly like person in general is just recognizing that these populations you are serving like they're worthy and they have dignity because I think oftentimes sometimes volunteers can see themselves as I, holier than thou like mm-hmm. sounds bad but just like oh I'm such a good person I'm serving this underprivileged population but in reality that could be you. Like you could have some sort of experience happen that puts you in a case where you need help. And I think it's just important to recognize that they're human beings that like deserve to make their own choices. They can decide for themselves. They deserve respect and not pity or looking down upon them. Being a better volunteer, are there any resources that you'd recommend that people look at? I definitely think Dove does a great job here like on campus if they want to get involved more. But I think a lot of it, just becoming a better volunteer, is before you go out and volunteer, putting yourself in, like, their shoes Mm -hmm. and kind of thinking about how you would want to perceive, be perceived or how you would want to be talked to. I know last March I went on a mission trip, and part of the trip was working a lot with the homeless population in Mm -hmm. San Jose. And one of the things we did to ensure we were prioritizing their like dignity and their choices is we went out to a homeless encampment and we were giving out toiletries. Right. But we set out a table and we put all the toiletries on the table and when people would come up, we'd give them a bag and let them choose what they wanted. Like even just those simple decisions rather than just like giving them everything, like letting them like decide, this is what I want or this is what I want. For instance, maybe they don't need toothpaste, but they need two things of deodorant or just like allowing them that decision to make for themselves. And while they're there, like just chit chatting, like, (laughs) how are you doing? Like, what do you have going on today? Like the weather outside, like, you know, just like having normal conversations. And then if they choose to disclose their personal experiences, once again, not pitying them, but like understanding what happened and being willing to like validate their experiences right so it's just about not just oh i'm here here's the stuff it's like hey how are you would you like some of the things that we have to donate is that for sure and the biggest thing i learned too on this mission trip was like asking people their name Mm -hmm. once again that's just like the humanity of it being able to talk to them and being like hey i'm Mackenzie. what's your name like putting that face to it, not just like giving something and having them leave, like having a real like human interaction. It was just so moving to just learn about this dignity that people have and also like not assuming situations, like not looking at someone and being like, oh, you must be here because you got involved with drugs and alcohol or, oh, you must be here because you're a criminal. Like, not making assumptions about people. Once again, like, treating them like a human and if they choose to disclose their situation, like, listen and listen to, like, understand, not to judge. Right. I'm curious because opening yourself up to people, like, letting them talk, like, that requires some vulnerability from you as well. And when you see a bunch of people in tough situations, it's kind of hard to not let that impact your mental health. So I want to know, especially when we get into your experiences with No More, how do you take care of yourself when you deal with these things? Like, what do you do to look out for yourself and make sure that you're not, like, running yourself into the ground? I think... It's important to have your own personal things, but also to rely on your support system as well. So like personally, I really enjoy running. I really like to read. Like those are just things to kind of like take my mind off of everything going on around me. But then also like making sure I'm making time to spend time with my friends or to call my mom and dad Mm -hmm. and talk to them. 
going into like no more like no more is a family and I know that if something was going on I'd be able to talk to them and they would listen and like help me through whatever I was feeling yeah so let's actually start getting into no more yeah can you just there's some listeners at home that probably have never heard of this program so can you talk about it and why it's important yeah for sure so no more is a student-run organization and we work with the dean of students office and our main purpose is providing education on alcohol, drugs, sexual violence prevention, as well as bystander intervention. That's like our main mission. And then kind of the reasons it's important kind of falls into two separate categories. So one of the main reasons No More is so important is simply because it provides so much education for the student body. Coming to college, obviously, like, is a big change for a lot of people. Like, it's your first time on your own. You know, sometimes it's the first time, like, cooking for yourself. Some people have never, like, experienced parties or, like, college culture, like, or even the workload. It's significantly more than high school. A lot of people have never experienced that. So No More is kind of there to help with that transition, help provide education for students around, like, you know, how much alcohol is in a red solo cup or what are some precautionary measures we can take or what resources are available on campus should something happen. So we're just here to kind of help ease that transition for a lot of students. And then as well, like the second like big reason No More is important is the peer educators themselves. When you become a peer educator, you go through a certification process and you acquire a lot of tools for like having difficult conversations with people and learning how to approach these subjects. And because of our education, we're able to kind of form relationships one on one with people and help them through like some difficult situations. I know for myself, I have had interactions with people that are survivors of sexual assault. And so because of my no more education, I'm able to have a better conversation with them because of the resources and the tools like I've learned. I will note though, I'm not a counselor and none of the peer educators are. We're simply just here to like provide resources. Like we know about the Title IX process. Should that be something that I want to pursue? Like because of the resources we have, we're able to give that to students and have more of like deeper connections one-on-one with people. Yeah, and I can see why, like, I understand, like, yeah, you're not a counselor, but some people just don't want to talk to a counselor, so I can understand why it's important. And I know myself that No More has, like, yeah, like, you can learn, like, how much alcohol is in a red solo cup, but I've also learned things like the red zone, Mm -hmm. which I didn't even know about until I learned it from No More. And as such, like, obviously, we're covering really serious topics here. I've seen No More table on campus events and, like, some No More events, and they kind of keep it pretty light while maintaining that respect. Can you talk about achieving that balance between like making it so it's not an immediate downer for people that listen to it and keeping it respectful and serious so people actually retain knowledge that is being given to them? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a hard balance to achieve. We are talking about some pretty serious topics, but I think a lot of it just comes from like finding fun and interactive ways to engage students. So we try to give out a lot of swag because that attracts people as well as like food or candy. And then we have our big wheel that everybody loves to come spin. So like that always draws in some attention and kind of keeps the topics a little more lighthearted. But the big thing for us too is like making sure we provide students with resources. 
So for instance, we did a tabling in the calf for domestic violence awareness, and we used the big wheel, and the wheel had things like multiple choice, a scenario, or true and false. So students would spin the wheel and then say it landed on a scenario, we would give them a scenario and be like, does this sound like a healthy or an unhealthy relationship? And they would respond and then we'd kind of give them our own information about like what sign was it that it was an unhealthy or healthy relationship as well as like giving them space to like ask questions that's so important like we want students to feel comfortable being like oh why is it like this or like what about this scenario and like kind of engaging in that conversation and then at the end of the event we made sure to give people like cards with resources like should your friend or you be involved in a domestic violence or like dating violence situation like here's where you could contact as well as like the no more information as well so making sure we leave students with resources as well once they leave the table. I'm sort of curious because you mentioned this opening to ask questions and have you ever gotten a question that you couldn't answer by yourself and how do you deal with those we'll deal with that when that situation arises yeah no that's a really good question the one great thing about no more is typically when we have a tabling we will always have either a student coordinator there which is a paid position in no more or we'll have our graduate assistant or the dean there so we normally have somebody there that has more information should a more difficult question arise but if no one is there we make sure to give them the email of our dean as well as any contacts for no more that way they can follow up about any questions but you know those questions are my favorite part about No More because it leads to a lot of great conversations and just further educating the student body. Right. I feel like conversation has been a really important part of your ethos as a volunteer and helper. And I know that not everyone is good at conversation. And I want to know like, how you do it, essentially. Like, What is your process in having these good conversations with people? Yeah, it definitely takes practice. I know every peer educator is always nervous their first tabling because, you know, we never know what kind of questions (laughs) we're going to get or who's going to ask us what. So I know people are nervous, but it just comes with a lot of practice. And we have no more meetings once a week. So at those meetings, sometimes we will do like practice tabling. Mm -hmm. That way they can get used to like saying what the information is, as well as like some of the responses, should there be any questions. And then last year when I was a student coordinator, we would also do at the meetings like a PowerPoint presentation to make sure everybody was refreshed on the topic. So that way they knew any new changes to statistics or anything like that. That way they can even better inform the student body. You did mention earlier that No More is a partially hand-selected process. Not everyone can, can do No More. So what skills do you think the most successful No More coordinators, educators, what do they have? We do encourage everybody to apply to No More. A lot of the consideration is just based on like your interest in No More as well as your ability to commit the time that's needed for the position. But with that being said, some of the skills that are really needed is drive. You have to be passionate about the causes we are talking about because if you don't care, if you don't show up to the meetings, if you don't show up to the tabling, you're not gaining anything from No More. You're not getting those conversations. You're not learning those skills, which is really one of the core parts of No More. So definitely drive. And then the second would be creativity. You know, we always need to come up with new ways to reach students, new tabling events. So definitely that creativity, although if you're not creative, do not let that deter you. 
we need a diverse range of students and know more because we need to be able to reach everybody. So those would be the two main ones I'd say though. So you mentioned like creativity, I guess like entabling events. I want to know like what are your favorite events to run in No More? I have a ton of favorites. One of my favorite events is actually last spring for the first time we did a caffeine tabling because if anybody doesn't know, caffeine is technically a drug. <laughs> so we did a caffeine tabling and we did it at 9 a.m. since that's normally when most people consume coffee or an energy drink or something like that. And at the event, we handed out naturally energizing foods and drinks. So we did like coconut milk, water, teas, kiwi, apples, bananas, and a lot of research went into it. Like how do these fruits or how does these drinks actually energize the body? So we did a ton of research. So it was kind of fun to get to share with people like, did you know this about this fruit? Like, did you know kiwis are really good for like sleep? So you should have one before bed and then you'll have better sleep. So it was just fun to get to share like those facts with people. And then we also gave them a handout that said what a moderate intake of caffeine was. And we even included like, these are the benefits of consuming caffeine in moderation. And then we also talked about some of the detriments of drinking too much caffeine. So we kind of found a nice balance between Drinking coffee isn't a bad thing, but here are like some other options or substitutes. It was great to see people come in like all tired, like not wanting to come to <laughs> class. And then like they'd come to our table and grab stuff and like they would smile and they'd be like, wow, this just made my morning. Like it was great to get to interact with students that way. Yeah. So you talk a lot about the information that No More gives. And I want to know what's a misconception that a lot of people have about like No More or the topics that you cover in No More and what's the real truth behind it? Yeah, so the biggest misconception about No More is that we're an abstinence club <laughs> that we're like, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do any of these other extracurriculars, which is not the truth at all. Like I said, I drink coffee and I ran the caffeine tabling. Mm -hmm. So it's more about like, we want to provide everybody with education. We feel people should have access to all the information. That way they can make best decision for themselves. So if you're lacking information, how can you make the best decision for yourself? Which is why our main purpose is just educating the student body. They, we mm -hmm. want them to have everything so that they can make the best decision. Kind of like what you were saying, you had no idea about the red zone. Yeah. And... For those of you that don't know, the red zone is the first six weeks of the semester when statistically the most college sexual assaults occur. We in no way during these tablings are saying, don't go out, like stay in your room, lock your doors. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not what we're saying. Instead, we're like, okay, because of this information, like maybe take a safe ride instead of walking, travel in a group instead of going by yourself. Like mm -hmm. it's all about providing people with information so that they can make a better decision and make sure like no harm befalls them. I want to know more, or yeah, know more, <laughs> <laughs> Not, pun unintended, how you got into coordinating and if you're part of the selection process, like what the most successful applications, because it, it seems like the an application is part of the process, What how you got into it and what the most successful applications are like. Yeah, for sure. So I got involved my sophomore year. I decided to submit an application because kind of for a few reasons. One, I had had some personal experience with the topics. And then the other reason was just I had seen on campus a lot of people like turn to alcohol to cope with the stresses of college. Mm -hmm. They have a heavy workload or they have a big test coming up and kind of leaning into these 
alcohol and drugs to cope. And I wanted to learn, like, what are some alternative coping strategies? Like, how can I, like, approach my friend and, like, say, like, hey, like, I'm worried about you. Like, is everything going okay? Like, and offer them, like, resources. I wanted to learn about that, which is, like, the big reason why I got involved in No More. And then I ended up loving it so much that I did the student coordinator position Mm -hmm. last year. And because of that, I was involved in the application process. So essentially, October 1st, the application goes live. So it's on Engage right now. And it closes November 1st. And then my myself or the student coordinator this year, Ryan, and then the grad assistant and Dean McCarran will review the applications and... Mainly, we're just getting, like, an understanding. We interview everybody that submits an application. So the interview is, like, pretty relaxed. Like, nothing (laughs) to worry too much about. But a lot of it is just, like, we want people that are interested. Like, we want people that, like, have a sincere care for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what the interview tends to be about. Asking them, like, their thoughts on the topics. Like, what draws them to know more. Like, wanting to learn more about that. So I think the people that, one, have a better understanding of what know more is. And Mm -hmm. then, two, like, really put forth their passion. Definitely tend to do a bit better in the interview process. And then time commitment as well it's not like a huge time commitment but we do have tablings and like I said those are when we have the conversations with students so if you can't ever attend the tabling you're not getting the big portion of no more so making sure that like occasionally a couple days a week they'd be able to attend tablings and come to meetings that's definitely big too so you know putting forth in your application that this is a priority I want to be there like I'll make time for it all of those definitely would lead to more success. Yeah, so I guess, like, if I'm getting what you're saying right, you don't want peer educators. You want people interested in no more. Exactly, because the thing is, the certification process is what makes you become a peer educator. Right. You don't have to come to know more already knowing, like, all the statistics. <laughs> like, you don't need to know everything There's about no the quiz. topics. <laughs> exactly, like, we're not quizzing you, like, how many people, you know? It's yeah. not like that at all. It's more like... Why do you want to be here? Like, why Why do you want to be in No More? Right. So I want to thank you once again for joining me on the show. I had a lot of fun today. But I do want to leave you with one more question, and that is, what is the biggest thing that you've learned about leadership, either from No More or just, like, from your volunteer experience in general? The biggest thing I've learned about leadership is being a leader does not mean being the loudest person in the room. In mm. fact, being a leader is often being the quietest person sometimes. It means listening to people and not like listening to like defend yourself or to like (laughs) yell at them in their arguments but it's listening to like really understand what they're saying to process that and like be respectful of their viewpoints or their beliefs on behalf of everyone at the Pasita leadership institute i'd like to thank the podcast team 89.5 fm wsou for allowing us to use their facilities and you for listening Follow us online at www.shu.edu backslash leadership, on Instagram at Bacino Leaders, and on Twitter at SHU Leadership. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better.